Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents The Big Four at Four. Number Four. All right, here we go. Four o'clock hour. Reno is in. ESPN Reno, ESPN Las Vegas. John Von Tobel, Cofield, Damon is here as well. 69187, that's our text line. Damon is monitoring the text line for anything good to throw at us. 69187, keyword ESPN. It's our Finley Kia text line. So we come out of the gates at four o'clock with our big four. By the way, later in the hour, we're going to be getting to uh, Jimmy G and some of his first words yesterday and also. Uh, other division stories involving one Sean Payton and Denver. Do you guys actually watch Hot Ones, or have you ever watched a whole episode, or you just watch clips of the show? I watch. I try to watch every episode every week. Is that right? I really? didn't know that. Yeah. I just watch clips. You want to explain the the premise of Hot Ones? Um, it's the show with hot questions and even hotter wings, as the uh, host Sean Evans says. So it's uh, ten wings that get progressively hotter, and he's he's very insightful with his questions. It's, it's a he does show. a lot of research. Yeah. Right. Is it, am I right in thinking this in the clips I've seen, Demond? Even he's doing he's been doing it for a while now. He still seems kind of stiff as like an interview guy, like very focused on the questions he wants to ask. There's not a lot of ad libbing. Am I wrong in that? Because I only watch clips. I only watch clips. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong in that. That he's not. Yeah, he's sticking to the questions that he has because I think it's so you know well well produced and researched that no, there's not a lot of ad libbing. I feel like they cut a lot as well. I feel like he'd be better at this point. So Steph is doing the hot sauce. He's telling stories. He's asked a question about his best moments with Kobe Bryant. He starts getting into the story. Uh, he'll explain it here. Playing a preseason game early in his career, and Kobe Bryant's like, all right, I'm going to show him Kobe here. I'm going to show him a little Mamba mentality. Let's see how this kid reacts. Playing in a preseason game, he's doing that Mamba mentality thing where he's picking me up full court in a preseason game in the first quarter. I'm like, you turn around, and he's like this, like standing there, and like doing defensive slides, like standing in front of me. I'm like, yo, what is happening right now? This is freaking Kobe Bryant. So he stays with me for like four or five slides, and then he bumps me, and I kind of like fall off balance. So I'm actually gassed at this point. I'm tired. We're trying to get into shape in a preseason game, and he's just going, you know, all out on the defensive pressure, and he's like way bigger, way stronger than me. He's bumping me and doing all that. So after I fall, I got no option. I'm like, I'm just going to shoot it and live with it. And I shot it from probably 30 feet, and I made it. And then I act like nothing happened. So it was like the biggest uh, keep your cool kind of moment in your life. I went right back in at halftime. I was like, I need that clip. <laughs> like, bring me that back. I got to say that on my phone. Yeah, he said, uh, as, as you mentioned, stay cool moment. But he knew how ridiculous the shot was. And Kobe actually uh, did give him a little pat on the butt. And Steph tried to ignore it and be like, nope. I'm not going to show you any attention. But, uh, yeah, Kobe Bryant was all over young guys, especially like that, trying to break them early. Are you guys into hot stuff? Are you spicy food people? I never really – I don't really remember with you or you. That's a good question. Damon? Love spicy food. Um, Thai food, 1 to 5. What do you get? 1 to 5? Isn't it go to yeah, 10? Because I get an 8. 1 to 5 at a place I went to last oh, week. Oh, okay. I'd probably try the 5. Really? Yeah. I was, I was told by people who were with us, and they're uh, hot freaks, that if you get the 5, that they believe the – Chef thinks you're trying to show off. Yes, and you should get the four. See, so that's what I've. So I like been times. Like, yes. Well, because other spots like I really like Indian food. Me and my wife. So when we go get it, it's on a scale of one to ten. And so there's times where we will get like eight or nine, but it's like not that hot. And we're thinking that we had that theory one time too, where the chef was like, "They don't really want this. Yeah. Like, let's let's keep it down." Like, no, we do. Because I often watch that show, and I know the the escalating hotness. I feel like I would do well. 
Like, I want to, because I like spicy stuff. So I want to try the sauces, because I feel like I'd be able to do well. You guys go to the oyster bar at all? No. Oh, man. Well, they've got, Hot like, sauces, or they cook it into the food? Yeah, like, into the food, where it's, oh, like, really? spice level, like, oh, I'm, like, a tin guy. Really? Yeah. Oh, I, we all need I, to hang out. I'll I be on the lower this, end. Yeah. I'm more of a, I'm, I'm in the middle. So if it, was, if it was a tie, one to five, I would go three. I tried their, I tried their four, and, um... It was tolerable, but my friend across the way was sitting there putting pouring more hot sauce in. I'm like, okay. Oh, yeah, I'm in. The chicken chili, get the cut up Serranos, give it all to me. Let's go. You know what I, I find an issue with? Uh, everyone tried to add a Nashville hot chicken sandwich, and they have that same mentality as the as you know places that are like, you don't really want that. I'm like, no, I want it. Yeah, let's go. A lot of them are way, way too tame. It's not hot. Like, come on, man. You're going to put it on the menu. Or ask, like, how do a 1 to 10 or 1 to 5? Like, how hot do you want it? I don't want a freaking 2 out of 5 or what a 4 out of 10. Come on, let's go. I want to be in the bathroom the next day. You know, when you have those those bowel movements, you're like, dude, I, I got to get naked because, like, this is way too, <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> Sweating, I'm hurting. <laughs> I want one of those. Number three. Number three. I mean, we've got some people here at this radio group. And this, this is typical sports radio. What do we all do? Because we, we talk a big game, right, about... Um, sports we played or we can do this or we can do that there's also a reality when you get older and you get out of shape like you can't do it anymore and odds are you you could never do it right I think we're actually pretty tame on the show because we have so many former athletes on that we're going to sit and talk trash to who right Nate McMillan I'll burn you or Mark McMillan <laughs> yeah. Mark McMillan, Mark McMillan, McMillan or Caleb yeah. Herring you know we have a Stanford route I mean I'm, I, again I'm sure Stanford can still run a 4640 at whatever he is 39 years old so we we try to calm it down but on FM morning rock shows, there is no one to hold back a guy like Greg Salerno. So yesterday, Salerno's doing his once a week, one hour show, The Arena, on ESPN Las Vegas. I went in, I debated him. Uh, they threw a question out about what's the easiest sport to play, right? I pivoted because I had heard Salerno say that he can beat a WNBA player. Now, I don't want to get on Greg too much because I am grotesquely overweight. Like he's beyond me, he can barely walk. And when I, I've heard him say it a couple of times, and like it's, I guess it's a good bit, but like, bro, we have a WNBA team in town. I, you cannot be real with this. So I started a Pokemon this, and listen to where I went. Salerno, I'm surprised you didn't pick WNBA. Uh, I heard your take on WNBA, <laughs> and it is one of the more ridiculous takes ever. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll dominate. Think, we'll get on that on a different day, but I'll dominate. Our Not show averages probably 240 pounds a person, and yeah. I would take every single person on our show. To beat you double up so in, in basketball, yeah, you cannot beat. Oh, a I can play basketball. I can play basketball. I mean, I can't move. I can move. Trust me. What are you backing What's, down, yeah. Adam Hill? Who's did, I'm you? telling you, I, I'll back down Adam Hill. Hill. I'll play basketball against Adam Hill right now. <laughs> if I get a basketball in a hoop, <laughs> okay. One, you're not backing down, Adam. Adam is a really big fella uh, and has good height. He was, he's also a really good shooter in basketball, but you're not backing him down. Also, sorry, with Greg, you're just pulling the chair out from under him every time he tries to back you down because once he goes to the ground, it's going to take him 20 minutes to get back up. Let's go. <laughs> he exploded towards the end of the show, and he's like, oh, I have no money, but I'll bet $500 on this. I was like, I didn't officially do anything because I want everyone's approval. If he wants to play five of us for $100 a piece, I'll take that challenge. I don't know if I'm putting up all 500 bucks, but who, who on the show would want to play him? I know Adam Hill and I would be in. I'll play him. I'm not really – actually, I love basketball. I'm not that great at it. I'll still play him. Dude, if you beat him, he stinks. Because you said you you don't play. Right. So I take you on your word. I can't tell with him on because uh, he kind of jokes about what? it. I don't – I don't – I'm just going to say I don't think you can play. Okay. Yeah. But will you – I mean, Salerno's 
Salerno's got like 150 pounds on you. I first off, I feel and disrespected. Um, well, ask about, here, ask here's about the, me. Here's the thing. When he was ready to make the bet, the only person he hesitated on was Damon, and I was like, "What is that? What are we doing here?" Two weeks ago, me. Wow. Now you're being now you're being given credit. Two then weeks ago, me, Angel, Mateo, Finhas, Finhas, young guy, plays at UNLV frequently, about six four, six five. One game, I gave I gave him the work. Turnaround fadeaways. Kobe couldn't guard me oh my at God. all. <laughs> why, why did he only pause on Damon? Good. Good, good. I hope. I hope. I hope you are we, great. Hold on. Next really remote quick. you work. Ask. Ask any other remote techs. We play basketball. They'll tell you. But no, no, no. We're really quick. We're letting him get out of this. I. We. We have a connection. I want to wager every cent I have on any WNBA player against uh, him. Not, he never, can't get out of this. We're not. He's not going to do that. He's not going to score points. If, if you're a WNBA player, the the waiver that you would he he's he would he's going to tear someone's ACL by falling on them, and Achilles gets popped. <laughs> I mean, my 36-4 and four goal for the Aces is over if they try to play him. I mean, they're going to play him during the season. He has no—it's so ridiculous, I won't even lend credence to it. He cannot compete with a WNBA player. Man, it's not going to happen. It'd be great if he loses out to every single one of us. We'll follow up on that. Number two. Hmm. I made the case yesterday that I was disappointed in Justin Herbert for not going for $300 million with his contract. He got 262 A lot of money. A lot of money. Highest paid player in the NFL. But I thought him and Burrow have their owners over a barrel. Go for $300 million contract, and all 300 is guaranteed. So now Burrow's up. Adam Hill presented this argument, that Herbert did the right thing because now there's more money for the rest of the team to build the rest of the team. Uh, we just saw Aaron Rodgers renegotiate his deal with the Jets, and I saw Tom Pelissaro. How did he put it? Pelissaro said, uh, oh, uh, he's taking this is Rogers. He's taking less for a shot at the ring or, or at a ring or two in New York. My take on this, and I'll repeat it again: It is not the quarterback's responsibility to be fiscally responsible, and take a, a smaller deal. Uh, the team handles the money. You go put together a team. So, what do you think Burrow's going to do? I mean, I th- Burrow's probably. He seems very team oriented. Ah. He's probably going to do something similar. Ah. I'm with you though. I mean. At the same time, too, I think these are different things. Like with Herbert compared to Rodgers, Rodgers has had a very long career, has made a lot of money, has an endorsement deal, all of that kind of stuff, right? Where it makes more sense for a guy at his stage of the career to do it because he's made enough money that it's like, okay, I'll sacrifice some to, you know, get a last crack at this. For Herbert, I'm taking every cent that you have. Yeah. The, the cap is only going up. I'm at the beginning of my career. Screw this. I owe. I, I deserve this. It's the same thing with Mahomes and Burrow. I would take every cent I possibly have. You're at the beginning of your career. And here's the other thing. A guy like Burrow, you would think, understands this. He tore his ACL. He had a traumatic knee injury where you're like, man, who knows if he come back the same from that, anything. I'm surprised. I think he would, just reading between the lines and a lot of his comments. But I, I, I would take them for every cent they had at the beginning of my career. Number one. Boy, Sean Payton got a lot of practice speaking last couple of years while he was out of work. With the media, he's bringing it over to the coaching front. Uh, he's got a gambling take. We'll get to that later in the hour. Brad Powers is back with us, one of our regulars. That'll be at 445. Did he actually rip into last year's team and the job Hackett did? Oh, yeah. Or last, let's say last season and the job that Hackett did? Of course. Really? Called it uh, one of the worst coaching jobs in the <laughs> history of the NFL. Oh, my God. But And Woo! I will say this, because this is kind of getting buried and everything with yeah. the comments, because he did go kind of scorched earth on Hackett. He did mention the current general manager. 
he said, he's like, everybody in this building, GM, coaching staff, everybody allowed this to happen. There's a lot of dirt on hands. So I give him credit in that regard. He called out the guy who's in the office with him right now. So, so, he, so clearly he's got more power than the GM. Yeah. Either that, that or that. Either, I mean, he walked in. He's like, dude, this is a mess. Like, what are you guys doing? He's got a vending machine in his office. I don't know if that's true, but... Yeah. <laughs> You know, like it was it was madness letting the you know letting the inmates run the asylum. And, you can't do it. And part of it, oh, watch it. Uh, part of it oh, was, sorry, right. and part of it was Russell Wilson being coddled way too much. Sure, because Hackett was afraid of him. Sean Payton doesn't need to be afraid of anyone. He was this coveted figure in the coaching ranks, and almost didn't have the job because they jerked around. So he's got all the power now. He can say whatever he wants. And guess what? Guys on that team need to hear it. This is not going to be the same thing. It's not Hackett. I'm, I'm experienced. I've won. We're going to run a tight ship. And you should have expectations. Last year was an embarrassing disaster. You had some Broncos followers who thought they were going to win 12, 13, 14 games. They weren't anywhere close to that. All right, moving towards the midway point of the show. Plenty to get to. A lot more on some of the college conference realignment stuff with Colorado potentially going to the Big 12. We'll have a Colorado expert in in the 5 o'clock hour. If you miss any part of the show, we archive the whole thing at lvsportsnetwork.com. And you can listen live at lvsportsnetwork.com. And then we put out videos after the show on our uh, various social media platforms. Right now we're doing a little live video, a little live video feed at Steve Cofield and up on Facebook on our ESPN Las Vegas page, Damon Cofield and JVT. So after the show yesterday, I was talking to Damon. I'm not even sure if he remembers what I said. I usually lament everything we did on the show and then go home and just say, gee, damn it, a bunch of times. But um, I actually said after the show, I was like, you know, I don't think we made, we made a big enough deal about Jimmy G being back and healthy. And Damon's response was, which is always good by someone who works as a uh, producer and host to support <laughs> the, the uh, overly intense Lead host by saying, you got the whole training camp. Relax. But it was the first, it's the, it's the first time we saw him. And a lot of the offseason, my thought was, I don't know what the hell's going to happen here. I don't know if he's going to be ready for freaking training camp. You know, it's funny. Our buddy J, uh, JT the Brick over on Raider Nation Radio 920 uh, sent out something. He's like, basically, like he knew all the time, you work for the team. I don't. So you're right. I had, I had heard that, uh, you know, Jimmy G was riding around on a scooter. Mm. You know, during the time from when he signed his contract for a couple of weeks, uh, we didn't mention it on the air, but the the way the Raiders are so secretive, I am cynical on just about anything they say from a health standpoint. I mean, how many games did we play last year with Darren Waller, right? Mm-hmm. Was it a hamstring? Was it a hold-in? Is he hurt towards the end of the season, or is he just dumping out? Um, so it's, a, it's an interesting organization to cover, and kudos to JT. He's about as inside as you can get, so I'm glad he knew that Jimmy G – was healthy. Of course, the question now is, as we start to project forward, will he stay healthy the entire season? And, you know, that's a big one. But were you expecting right at the beginning of the camp for him to be a go? Because, they, by the way, they also put in a contract, you know, a clause in the contract that if he couldn't pass a physical, they're out. I'm like, well, why the hell did they do that if they knew all? I guess it's a safety thing. So, that first off, I will say, when you were not here on Monday, we celebrated. We called it a good day for the Raiders, right? Peterson passed physical for the for Jimmy G. So, okay. content-wise, we celebrated. Um, no, I mean, look, I think everything you've said in terms of the secrecy, in terms of the contract, there was no reason to think at the very least, be like, ah, maybe he's not going to be ready. 
So for anybody to kind of be up in arms like, how can you question this? Like, of course, every every other action said we should probably think whether or not this is going to be a thing or not. So maybe it was a safety thing, but I don't think you can exude like we always knew when in reality the steps you took were like, eh, maybe mm-hmm. that's not going to be the case. I mean, Garoppolo said yesterday he was never worried. No, never. Uh, yeah, I'm not a big <laughs> media guy talking uh, in the offseason stuff, but yeah, never really a worry. Uh, we had a good plan here. The strength staff, uh, training staff really – tip my hat to those guys they did a great job just getting me back and getting me where I need to be and you know I'm not fully there yet but work in the right direction I like what he said in the middle of that I'm not a big talk during the uh, offseason guy that I believe is going to be such a welcome thing I'm not saying Garoppolo was better than Derek Carca I don't think he is but where Derek became problematic is when Derek paid attention to everything mm-hmm. and Derek would bring up stuff that wasn't even asked about and in my mind going at and this is no slight against the media in this town but for the quarterback of the franchise to be constantly punching down, bruh, don't worry about that stuff. I don't think Jimmy G pays attention to it or worries about it. No. Which I, is a good thing. You, you already have enough pressure going out on the field, trying to stay healthy, trying to deliver. What's what the, you know, what's with the Kevin Durant act, you know? No, I don't think I don't think Derek Carr I don't think Derek Carr is that bad. That well that said though, he might have te- Team Carr did he might Team Carr did block almost everyone they could if anything you know was said about him. Yeah. Which I, I think is just, what a waste of time. I would agree. I think that's a positive that it's just like, ah, hey, you know what? Like, there are going to be pundits and talking heads that have opinions and talk about the team. Just like, hey, worry about us. Because you can't preach, worry about us, because Carver do that sometimes. Like, ah, oh, you know, all that kind of stuff. But then also clearly show that you do worry about that right. and, like, <laughs> comment on it. So I think it'll be pretty cool. I mean, with Jimmy Garoppolo, we don't really know that much. Likes to date adult stars and is a good-looking dude and plays quarterback. Well, Garoppolo can also help. The image of Josh McDaniels in this town, and I don't think people here believe that you know Josh McDaniels. Some do, uh, you know, believe that he's like a bad guy. Uh, we just don't know if he is going to be an upper crust head coach. We just haven't seen enough of it yet. And uh, Garoppolo talked about, hey, he's been he's been around the guy for a long time. <laughs> he taught me the pro pro game pretty much when I was a rookie, and just first couple of years in the league. Uh, so he really acclimated me to this league, and. Uh, yeah, everything I kind of knew came from Josh and uh, the Patriot days, and we're kind of just trying to get back to that man, we're trying to build that chemistry. Uh, he's you know calling plays out there for me, trying to get in my my ear uh, so that we could see the same picture and things like that. And it's I thought we had a good first day, but uh, yeah, we're, we're going in the right direction. And if you think that means nothing, that's fooey, mm. because Derek Carr and Josh, do I go Joshy? We, we were trying to decide on this yesterday. <laughs> I hate that. Ra- Raiders need nicknames. No, I, but I and hate, I'm not going J Mac. But the e, the e, adding the e uh, at the end of the name is the weakest weak like nickname ever. All the ESPN folks do it. You know, Greeny, Golicky, all that. No, 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 no. It wasn't Gol. It was never Golicky. Yes, it was. I no, it wasn't. No, yes, I was. I think you made that up. No, I think you made that. You got to think of something better. <laughs> call him. Call call him Mac Dre. How about that? That's good. No. Josh McDaniel. Um, that relationship's really important. Which sounds like, of course it is. It's the coach and the quarterback. But it's especially important based on what happened last year. Sure. Derek Carr really seemed to struggle with Joshy's concepts. And I don't think Jimmy G is going to struggle with McDaniel's concepts as much. And then the other one to, to get fired up about, uh, I mean, I'm trying to think back to, yeah, I mean, he, what, what real play, how much real playing time did he get with the Patriots? It doesn't really matter. He had 69 dropbacks in 2016. It was his highest count. Right. Um, Garoppolo gets to work with the best receiver he's ever worked with. Debo's good. Devontae Adams is a different level. Yeah, uh, it, it was cool, man. 
came out in the same draft class. I always watched Devontae. I always, you know, thought he was one of the best in the league, if not the best. And, uh, I mean, it's just, it's as a quarterback, it gives you a sense of relief almost to have a guy like that. We were throwing some uh, routes on air today, and we were just talking and just hearing him talk and how he sees the picture and how I see it. It's pretty cool. I mean, he sees it very similar to a quarterback, which as a quarterback makes you feel great, man. So it's it's nice. One of the points that I brought up on Monday, which is also like I think outside of this, right, the positive that you get Jimmy Garoppolo to pass physical and he's healthy. Remember, this was kind of like a, a loudish offseason for Devontae Adams about like the discontent and maybe not seeing eye to eye, I think was the quote about the offense. That's the other low-key part about this is you get Jimmy G there at the beginning to kind of quell any like reservations that Devontae Adams would have. Like, oh, good, I don't have to catch passes. He didn't have play. any. He was uh, taken out of context. Right. I will guarantee you part of what he said that he wasn't seeing eye-to-eye was that they were shifting from Derek Carr to Garoppolo, but not only Garoppolo, a Garoppolo whose health was in doubt for the beginning of training camp. Yep. So if you're that good, a wide receiver, of course you're going to be concerned about who's throwing you the ball. All right. I mean, it's happy times right now. That's what training camp is for. So I'm going to throw this out there. I have been sort of melancholy about the Raiders and kind of a negative Nancy and starting to think, hey, maybe the grand plan is see what you do this year. Hopefully Jimmy G plays. But if he doesn't, eh, a top five pick would be pretty good. Go and grab Caleb Williams, right? I feel bullish today on the Raiders. And I'm not saying I want to bet, I think it's plus 375 to make the playoffs. The no is minus 500. Mm -hmm. But all the steam on the total for the wins has been on the under. It's minus 170 over under, seven wins. So to start the week, start training camp here, Jimmy G's healthy. Who wants to go over at plus 150? Over seven at plus 150. Come on. Don't rush to the microphone to back me up on this. Where are they getting those wins on the schedule? Oh, no. Well, I also, I mean, is, is Garoppolo also going to play corner and, like, help him out on they that side Marcus of the ball, Peters. Too? He got that dog in him. Oh, that's right. That made the difference for some. <laughs> go over the win total now. He got that dog in him. That's all I need to say. Steve. Wow, you re- no, neither one of you will bite on over seven. Will you take over seven if it means they beat the Jets when they come to Allegiant? Well, I, I, yes, of course. I'm, if I'm betting, I don't, yeah. I'm not rooting for the Jets. Because, well, here's the problem with over seven is that means. Well, I guess get, I am rooting for the Jets. And yeah, if, yeah, you are. And I, and I win either way. If they lose, then I'm, I have a better chance of going over seven. Sorry. You're talking about over six and a half, maybe. I know. This, I, but I think seven, it's very pushy. That means you're going to eight. Like, that, that's eight or more wins. Yeah. And I'm just not sure if I see that. Especially if you have to factor in the possibilities of Jimmy Garoppolo, who has missed time before, something happening there, and that you do have to go to whatever's behind Jimmy Garoppolo. And if that happens, I mean, I, I've, I've Aiden O'Connell has a name. AOC? Uh, I was, what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? He um, said whatever's behind Jimmy G. Well, because we oh, don't know. Oh, that way. I thought, I thought you, were, you, were, you were bullish on the Raiders because no, no. Aiden O'Connell is a name. I meant whatever's behind him because are we sure that like the pecking order is Hoyer and then O'Connell? I meant in terms of do we know officially who the backup's going to be. That's all. Do you think that depends on the time of season sure. that they would need a backup? Yeah. I actually don't. I think they may turn to Aiden O'Connell whether it was early or late. Right. But either way, I just I'll put it this way. I think 7 is achievable, but that's like on the bell curve. That's yeah. at the very front end of the bell curve for the Raiders seasons and the projections that are out there. All right. And I, if you're betting into that, that's I think 
Not great. Let me throw you this one because we're going to do this with Brad Powers. Um, William Hill has a lot of uh, NFL versus a college football team win totals. Should the books here put up a win total UNLV plus Nevada wins versus the Raiders? That would be too creative for Nevada books. But, yes, that would be a fun Right now, UNLV is six with a lean on the under. Uh, Nevada is four. So, by that, the number's sort of at ten. I bet you if you crunch the numbers, it might be – Nine and a half. Maybe closer to nine and a half, yeah. So I, I did UNLV, Nevada, combined wins, minus two and a half over the Raiders. And that would be the favorite side. What would you take? You th- And you think it would be a bigger minus? Yeah, well, because there's some, like you said, there's some spots that are at six with UNLV. Okay. So factoring that in, it'd probably be, and the fact that the Raiders are shaded to the under. So. Come on, I know we're up against it. What would you do? You I'm taking the, UNLV because I think they're going to be. And UNLV Nevada. and Nevada. You get both, yeah, you get their wins. I, and I get both, yeah, all day, twice on Sundays. John, pressure's on. Two and a half, plus two and a half. Give it three. All right, if you missed us on the uh, streaming video, we're still running up on ESPN Las Vegas Facebook and at Steve Cofield on Twitter. We'll retweet and reprocess the videos. We're trying to do more of this stuff. So DeMond sent over a story today. And by the way, we're going to talk uh, college football betting with Brad Powers here in less than 10 minutes. DeMond sent over a story today, and my first reaction had my antennas going up on, am I getting ripped off? So, DeMond, the story you found was, YouTube and Google may make Sunday Ticket more available in lots of different packages. Did you read through the story? Not all of it, okay. but I just saw the Max, and I was like, I've got HBO Max. Well, just Max. So they're, they're, they might pair it with HBO Max in a bundle deal. Um, so for me, I paid two forty nine because I was told to before so June sixth, right? And so I get everything for two forty nine, and I think the price now is three ninety nine. Uh, but I also had to subscribe to a monthly package, which I don't mind, right? I switched over from Hulu to YouTube, so I'm in for $2.99, right? But I'm also in for a monthly package with YouTube Live TV. Ooh, there's another offer up right now. I just looked because I pulled up my account. Uh, $2.99 a year right now. It still is? For me, yeah. Offer ends September 19th if I want. Why did I rush? I don't know. Well, the new one is there's a package that's going to bundle HBO Max, now Max, and Sunday Ticket. I already pay for Max. I got to tell you, if the, it's, if the new package is cheaper than I'm paying separately, what a bunch of bullcrap. Now, that all said, it's not all about me. This, to me, is a really good sign that they're not DirecTV. Because hmm. direct, like, the DirecTV partnership with the NFL was absurd. You either signed up for DirecTV overall, and I guess I'm doing the same thing with YouTube TV, but mm-hmm. guess what? I don't need all the freaking equipment. Right. And I'm not being charged for all that equipment. Oh, and also, by the way, unlimited DVR. That's the other part. Uh-huh. That's a very good thing. I have, like, every NBA game logged away in my library on YouTube TV oh, really? from last year. All it's right. easy. Um, so, I, I mean, I can sit here and, and I will whine and moan when it's cheaper than what I'm paying. But more availability is a good thing for football fans. Sure. Well, and, you know, get, judging by what they're doing now, I'm willing to bet – I don't know. I'm just just guessing – because with all the promotions and everything, MLB does this thing that on Father's Day, right, because you're like halfway through the season, whatever, like like cut it down, you can pay for it going forward. Willing to bet that there's probably something out there for a Sunday ticket at that point of the season, try to get more people in. But, I look, this is kind of the danger of what you're talking about and like getting in early because they, they wrap you in and then they're like, oh, wait, but we're going to offer that because they want to get more people in. It would be foolish to really cut people off and not offer sweetheart deals. 
So now my question is, because I have unlimited data on my phone plan, I get HBO Max for free. How do I tie that in for a cheaper deal for Sunday? What phone service? Uh, AT&T. Mm. Well, bad news for you. Verizon yeah. is actually, I think, for new Verizon customers, I think you have to be new or I don't know if it's get, just get a new phone. Verizon's going to have the package Sunday ticket for free. Really? Because they're an NFL partner. Switching providers. I can't. I can't keep switching. I've actually all I've this had, stuff. I can't keep bouncing from package or uh, provider to provider. Enough. I mean, I've had a, the same cell phone, like not number, but I've been with AT and T since I got my first job. So I'm a loyal customer. It has not been paid back to me in any way, shape, or form. But right I'm about loyal. that. Yep. Damon, will you find a way without stealing it to get the package? Is it worth the investment for you? <laughs> or as we've heard from many producers over the years, I can't afford it. Well, obviously. When, when, by the way, your job is to watch the NFL a decent amount, or will you just go out? Because that's the other option. And that, that's actually why I got the package, because we have gone out for years, and then at the end of the year, I don't, I don't even want to add up what we spend. I'm a, you know, it's always like, I'm not going to pay 250 or $300 for the package, and then at the end of the season, after you know, 17 weeks, I'm like, wow, I'm in $2,500 on going out. That was, that was not really a good buy. Well, this is going to be a talk between me and the stepdad on how much he wants to watch his Ravens. <laughs> Because, uh, yeah, man, I mean, he's a loyal DirecTV customer. He's talking about cutting off DirecTV. So now that Ooh. means, hey, he's got to get YouTube TV because he, he loves his Sunday ticket. Would you split it with him? Maybe a quarter. Maybe a quarter? <laughs> you got to split it. Tell him you can write it off. You can. I can write it off? Yeah, it's a, job. It's a work expense. Oh, I'm getting the Sunday ticket then. Let's go. We'll have an update on this because <laughs> I will not forget this. Let's see if the, the DeMond household... We'll be all in on Sunday ticket. This hour is brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Offices in Reno and Henderson in Las Vegas. Call from anywhere in the state of Nevada, 766-1400. All right, little hiatus. The man traveled the country. He's back. We need our college football betting fix. He's always there for us on Thursdays at 444 in Reno and Vegas. Brad Powers, how are you, buddy? Glad to be back. What was the best place? Because you go on your football stadium tour every summer. Um, well, first of all, how many stadiums did you hit in how many days? I hit 22 in four days. Nice. 2,500 miles. How many do you feel like you had to sort of illegally sneak in? Ooh, illegally? Well, like uh, where you're looking over your shoulder, am I going to get thrown the hell out of here? Yeah, I would say at least eight of the 22. Okay, there you go. Because, I, I mean, I, I'll just be honest. I mean, I... I saw a few padlocks that weren't locked, and I just, you know, uh, you know, just, you know, just took the padlock with me, just so in case somebody didn't walk by and lock, lock it behind me. So yeah, I, I did do that. I walked Tennessee. Tennessee was construction only, but there was the middle of a thunderstorm, and I just walked in behind a construction guy, and made sure he didn't see me. So. Next year, with that theme, you should actually bring some props. Like you should actually bring a construction helmet, maybe a maybe a maybe a fuller beard. Like, play the part. Like, I belong here. I belong here. Don't worry about it. I'm in costume. You don't tell them you're in costume, though. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I've already thought about it because, I, I you know, I walked, <laughs> you know, in and got thrown out of South Carolina, Kentucky, and I just wondered if I had, like, a khaki and, like, a, even, like, a polo South Carolina or Kentucky gear. Um, I'm wondering if they would have stopped me. So, yeah, I, I've already thought about it. I, I mean, My biggest regret is actually this is the most aggressive I was on this trip. Nice. Uh, I, I wish I'd have been this aggressive on you know on my trip last year when I was in Texas, Texas A&M, LSU, Alabama. None of those places I got into. Oh, come on. 
Uh, what was the place this time around? What college football stadium were you, I'm not going to say blown away by it, but pleasantly surprised by it, where you're like, wow, this is nicer than I thought? Oh, wow. Um, good, good question. Nicer than I thought would probably be Virginia Tech. Uh, got on the field there and just, I mean, I don't know. I'm a 90s kid, so that's when that program really ascended. So I, I just, I really like that. I like that area of the country. And, you know, similarly, you know, at the G5 level, the, the one I really liked was Liberty right there in Virginia, of too. Course. Right? I just yes. could tell they have so much money there. Yes. That campus must be unbelievable. There's just rivers flowing of gold. Yes, all the buildings seem like they've been built in the last 10, 15 years. It's nice. clean. It's new brick. Uh, they have money there. Uh, that, that is a program. I don't care whether you agree or not with the, you know, the religion aspect. I'm just telling you that they have spent money, and they're not afraid to build it, continue to build that program up. So what, when you get to these places, like what's the game plan? Like when you walk in, do you like... Do you like taking a deep <laughs> breath? Do you like do you take a piece of the field roll, and put it in your pocket? Yeah, field. like do you, do you walk around? Like, what's the whole point when you get there? What do you do? Yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, it's a good question because I mean, some would say it's kind of borderline insanity, but I just you know, I like walking around the stadium. I like getting a feel for the campus. I like obviously getting the you know, anytime I can easily get on the field. I like just standing on the field and just looking around, imagining. I mean, this is really weird, but I, I think about, you know, how can I make this actionable? Yeah. And I just think about, you know, you know, from a, if I was a head coach, could I recruit here? And, you know, Virginia Tech, I'll use that as an example. I just think there's no excuse why that isn't a top 25 program. When I looked around that area and I looked around that stadium, I'm like, I just, they have trouble recruiting here. I mean, I, I just, to me, I wouldn't if I was in that position. Do you, do you, does somebody go with you? Like, do you bring a football and recreate great moments? In football, like, I feel like if you ever get to Auburn, would you recreate, like, the kick six? Would you run the entire 108 yards back? So, I do go with my dad, believe it or not, uh, because he he has never done it. He always dreams. He's a dreamer, and I'm a doer, so it's a good compliment. You know, he's 70, so I'm trying to get this uh, while he can still do it. Uh, we do not, though. I think a secret, so you don't get kicked out of most places, is to act like you belong. And, yeah. you know, been there. I'm not running around like an idiot with screaming and hollering at the 50 yard line. Okay. When I get on the field, I'm talking, I walk out the end zone. I don't, I, again, I don't try to be an idiot. I just, because, I mean, I, I, was, I wasn't acting like an idiot in South Carolina and Kentucky, and they threw me out. It would, mm. it would poke holes in the. Why is this construction worker catching fades in the end zone? <laughs> yeah. You're very authoritative. You're very authoritative. All right, let's start looking ahead of the college football season because it is right around the corner. Uh, first openers, am I too late on this? Are they off the top of my head? Are they August 26th? Something? Yeah, August 26th. So okay. you're talking 30 days. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. I mean, because look, I mean, the week zero slate's not great, but I mean, Notre Dame and USC are playing on week zero. That's two of the you know, blue bloods of the sport. And I think you got a really good matchup, Ohio, San Diego State. I mean, if that was a bowl game, I don't think anyone would blink. So I think that's a good group of five matchup. What are we doing with Northwestern's futures with Fitzgerald gone? That's a good question. I can tell you what did happen and what I took a part in. I mean, we went ahead and you know, myself and others went under three and a half wins. Uh, now it's three, and even some spots are two and a half. Uh, doesn't look like it's going to be a good season. It was, it hasn't been a good season the last two years, and it's not going to get any better. So we saw, definitely saw, and look, is a head coach worth a win? I'm not sure if that's the regard. I just think 
that the reason I bet it wasn't just the loss of Pat Fitzgerald. It's more we might have some significant locker room issues with this program. So let's go ahead and take under three and a half. And uh, we saw the market as far as the Rutgers game go from like four and a half up to six and a half, seven. Brett, I know you're big on recruiting and like like you know going forward. I, I saw they just lost what a, another offensive lineman, like a four star kid. What do you think the ramifications are? Because they've lost a lot of commits as well, right? Yeah, they have. I mean, I recruiting is weird because it's all you know, and it's never as bad as it seems. It's never as good as it seems unless you're Georgia or Alabama or the Buckeyes as far as at the top. So it, it'll be really dependent uh, on who they end up hiring. But the problem is at a place like Northwestern. Mm-hmm. It's tough to get transfers in there because they did their credits don't transfer over. So it's this is going to be uh, it's not going to be an easy quick fix. So if you lose a recruiting class, it's not like you can be Colorado and overturn a roster in one year. Brad Powers, BradPowersSports.com at Brad Power Seven up on Twitter. He's a professional gambler. He's in a lot of these contests. He's uh, shown out really well, especially uh, with our friend Tony Miller in the Golden Nugget contest over the years. All right, another coach is affected. Four games, not the whole season, four games for Jim Harbaugh. It's not exactly a murder. You know, I'm going to take that back. They play Rutgers and UNLV, so I'm very interested in that game. But uh, has there been movement in those first four games with Harbaugh out? But if I'm correct, Harbaugh can actually coach the whole week and he can't be in there on game day. Is that right? Yeah, that's how I interpreted it. I uh, just can't be there. Game. He'll still be around the team, just can't be there during the game. Doesn't impact the win total because you're talking about Michigan being a four touchdown plus favor in their first four games all at home, all against tomato cans. No disrespect to UNLV or Rutgers, yeah, your alma mater, but compared to where Michigan's at, they're tomato cans. Where we did see some movement, and I agreed with it. I took part of it. Yeah. Uh, week one, uh, Michigan was laying, you know, 35 and a half, 36. I think even 36 and a half in some spots. Went ahead and took East Carolina there. And it wasn't just hardball, but there's been rumors that other coaches, including the OC, might be suspended for that particular game. So if you combo hardball and the OC, I got a question, who in the heck's calling plays for that game? And I don't want to be laying, you know, five touchdowns in that situation. Would you do any spec betting on, you know, it's early with Minnesota and P.J. Fleck, or you just can't take chances like that until you see something actually happen to him? That's a good question. I did probably overreacted. Uh, took a little. I had already been a very positive uh, position in my portfolio over win total. I uh, bet him against Nebraska, so I did buy back about twenty five thirty percent week one, and also under win total at a different number. So just in case that it does go sideways, because it can. I mean, in today's you know twenty four hour news cycle, I, I did play a little bit back, but I, I still relatively. I don't think, at least right now, it's not going to end up being a Northwestern situation. Okay. Brad Powers with us. Uh, William Hill has some combo NFL teams versus college football teams with regular season win totals. I don't know if you've looked at these, but I wanted to throw them your way. Ohio State against the Bills. Buffalo straight up on regular season wins is minus 150. Ooh, uh, I am going to go Bills. I'm going to lean Bills on that one. Are we confident that Ohio State's going to be all settled at quarterback the entire season? Yeah, I'm not sure on that. I mean, obviously they've had tremendous quarterback play the last five, six years. I, I think it's not it's not unreasonable to say they're going to have their worst quarterback play in five-plus years this season. And then on top of it, I mean, you got question marks with the two tackle positions on that offensive line. However, 
Uh, you still can hand the ball off to Travion Henderson, Mayan Williams. You can still throw the football to the best wide receiver in the country, and Marvin Harrison Jr. So uh, it's you know not as doom and gloom as it would people think. My favorite bet, is, even though I got to lay the highest price here uh, amongst the six, is Michigan more wins regular season minus yeah. one sixty over the Lions. I that's the only bet that I made in that uh, market. So you're on to something there. I, I that's the bet I made was Michigan over the Lions. I mean, what are you trying to speculate here? Like Michigan's going to finish with how many wins, and what do the Lions have to get to to be competitive? Well, I mean, Michigan. I mean, believe it or not, I mean, first time in a while they're going to be favored against the Buckeyes, and the only other game where they're less than a you know a single digit favorite be on the road against Penn State, and even then they're going to be a slight favorite. So they're going to be favored in all twelve games. Does that equate to twelve and zero? No, but I mean. If I had to bet their win total, I'm going over ten and a half. So I think it's an eleven and one football team. I don't see eleven wins for the Lions this year. So yeah, that was one I I, I didn't I didn't lay one sixty, but uh, you know I laid one twenty in, in that market. Okay. All right. So there's also there's FSU and the Dolphins. Florida State's a dollar forty favorite there, and I I kind of just wanted to tie that into your thoughts about Florida State as a whole and tying in the SEC because I feel like Clemson is being somewhat forgotten in the narrative coming into the college football season, Brad. But what do you feel? I think Florida State's really legit. Uh, I, I honestly believe that. I thought they were legit last year. They were in the top ten of my power ranks. They're in the top ten of my power ratings right now. With that being said, they have two really tough games. LSU, they're an underdog week one. And they also, in the month of September, have to go to Clemson, uh, a, a game where they're also going to be an underdog. So my question is, they, that, that plays out the market. They lose a couple of tough games. You have all these preseason high expectations for Florida State. And you suddenly have two losses in the month of September, and you're on the national title picture. How does that team react to that? Uh, I, you know, my gut says they won't react well, and you still got Miami and Florida and games like that still left on the schedule. So um, right now, my gut tells me I would rather have the Dolphins against Florida State in that matchup. Here's another one I love: Cardinals against Colorado football. Cardinals minus one and a half wins. Ooh, oh, that's a tough one. I, I would not bet it. I just think Colorado's kind of an enigma. I have bet Colorado win totals at much different numbers. I have not touched it at the current three and a half because I can see them winning four games. Uh, but, again, I can also see them going one and 11. That's just too much of an enigma for me to take part in. And you think the Arizona Cardinals could be dreadful? <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, I, I don't believe in tanking, but when, when you got to, you know, you got a guy like Caleb Williams who people think is a generational type talent. I even like Drake May. I, I could see teams being less optimal when it comes to preparation this year. Last one, head to head wins NFL against college football. We got like 30 seconds. Uh, USC is minus 130 over the LA Chargers. Oh, that's a tough one. I think that's probably appropriately priced. I can tell you what I bet. I have I bet USC over. I am actually buying USC this year. I think they they are the first legitimate playoff contender out of the Pac-12 in six years. Brad, we're glad you're back. Glad you had a good time in your stadium tour, and uh, looking forward to talking to you throughout the football season. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, guys. Take care. There he is, Brad Powers. That guy, his profile, his brand has gone through the freaking roof. The last year. You know why? Because he actually bets. And he's prepared and his information is good and he tweets out his tickets and will lament when he loses, has accountability. He's awesome. BradPowerSports.com or at BradPower7 up on Twitter.